Hello and welcome to the Reformational Anglican Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Scott, and you've joined us today for the second part of the third homily on justification. Cranmer uh, continues to demonstrate both biblically and historically the importance of justification by faith alone, the doctrine on which the church stands or falls. In some ways, this homily is similar to the modern work of Thomas Oden in that it demonstrates the patristic testimony to justification by faith alone. Cranmer shows, firstly, that justification by faith alone is the teaching of the early church. Secondly, we are not justified by faith that is alone, without repentance. And thirdly, even our faith is not something that merits our justification. Rather, faith simply points us to Christ from whom we receive salvation. The Homily on Justification, Part 2 You have heard of whom all ought to seek for their justification and righteousness, and how also this righteousness comes unto men by Christ's death and merits. You have heard also how three things are required to obtain our righteousness, that is, God's mercy, Christ's justice, and a true and lively faith, out of the which faith springs good works. Also it was declared before to you that no man can be justified by his own good works, that no man fulfills the law according to the full request of the law. St Paul in his epistle to Galatians proves the same, saying thus, If there had been any law given which could have justified, truly righteousness should have been by the law. And again he says, if righteousness is by the law, then Christ died in vain. Galatians 2.21 and again he says, you that are justified by the law have fallen away from grace. Therefore he writes to the Ephesians in the same way. By grace you are saved through faith, and that is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, and not of works, lest any man should glory. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. And to be sure, the sum of all Paul's disputation is this. If justice comes from works, then it comes not from grace. And if it comes from grace, then it comes not from works. And to this end, tend all the prophets, as St. Peter says in the 10th chapter of Acts, of Christ, all the prophets do witness that through his name, all that believe in him shall receive the remission of sins. Acts 2, 43. And after this way, to be justified only by this true and lively faith in Christ, speak all the old and ancient authors, both Greeks and Latins, of whom I will especially rehearse three, Hilary, Basil and Ambrose. St. Hilary says these words in the ninth canon on Matthew, faith only justifies. And St. Basil, a Greek author, writes thus, this is the perfect and whole rejoicing in God, when a man advances not himself for his own righteousness, but acknowledges himself to lack true justice and righteousness, and to be justified by the only faith in Christ. And Paul says he does glory in the contempt of his own righteousness, and that he looks for the righteousness of God by faith. Speaking on Philippians 3 verse 9. These are the very words of St. Basil. And St. Ambrose, a Latin author, said these words 
This is the ordinance of God, that they which believe in Christ should be saved without works, by faith only, freely receiving remission of their sins. Consider diligently these words, without works, by faith only, freely, we receive the remission of our sins. What can be spoken more plainly than to say that freely, without works, by faith only, we obtain remission of our sins? These and other sentences that we are justified by faith only, freely and without works, we do read often in the most best and ancient authors. And besides Hilary, Basil and St Ambrose before rehearsed, we read the same in Origen, in Chrysostom, in Cyprian, in Augustine, in Prosper, in Fontinius, in Bernard and in Anselm, and in many other authors, both Greek and Latin. Nevertheless, this sentence that we are justified by faith only is not so meant by them that the said justifying faith is alone in man without repentance, hope, charity, dread and the fear of God at any time and season. Nor when they say that we are justified freely do they mean not that we should afterwards be idle and that nothing should be required on our part afterwards. Neither do they mean not so to be justified without good works, that we should do no good works at all. But this saying, that we are justified by faith only, freely, without works, is spoken for to take away clearly all merit of our good works, as being unable to deserve our justification at God's hand, and thereby most plainly to express the weakness of man, and the goodness of God, the great infirmity of ourselves, and the might and power of God, the imperfectness of our own works, and the most abundant grace of our Saviour Christ, and therefore wholly to ascribe the merit and deserving of our justification unto Christ only, and his most precious blood shedding. This faith, the Holy Scripture teaches us, is the strong rock and foundation of Christian religion. This doctrine all old and ancient authors of Christ's church do approve. This doctrine advances and sets forth the true glory of Christ. It beats down the vain glory of man. This, whosoever denies, is not to be counted as a Christian man, nor a setter forth of Christ's glory but rather an adversary to Christ and his gospel and a setter forth of man's vain glory. And this doctrine is ever so true, as it is most true indeed, that we are justified freely, without all merit of our own good works, and freely by this lively and perfect faith in Christ. Yet this true doctrine must also be truly understood and most plainly declared, lest carnal men should take unjustly occasion thereby to live carnally after the appetite and will of the world, the flesh and the devil. And because no man should err by mistaking this doctrine, I shall plainly and shortly so declare the right understanding of the same, that no man shall justly think that he may thereby take any occasion of carnal liberty to follow the desires of the flesh, or that thereby any kind of sin should be committed or any ungodly living the more used. First, you should understand that in our justification by Christ, it is not all one thing, the office of God unto man and the office of man unto God. Justification is not 
the office of man, but of God. Man cannot make himself righteous by his own good works, neither in part nor in the whole, for that would be the greatest arrogance and presumption of man that the Antichrist could set up against God to affirm that a man might be right by his own works, that he could take away and purge his own sins and so justify himself. No, justification is the office of God only. It is not a thing that we render unto him, but which we receive from him. Not which we give to him, but which we take of him by his free mercy and by the only merits of his dearly beloved Son, our only Redeemer, Saviour and Justifier, Jesus Christ. And so the true understanding of this doctrine, it is not this our own act to believe in Christ, or this our faith in Christ, which is within us, that does justify us, or deserve our justification. For that would be to count ourselves to be justified by some act or virtue that is within ourselves. But the true understanding and meaning here is that although we hear God's word and believe it, although we have faith, hope, charity, repentance, dread and fear of God within us, and do ever so many works thereunto, yet we must renounce the merit of all said virtues, of faith, hope, charity, and all other virtues and good deeds, which we either have done, shall do, or can do, as things that are far too weak and insufficient and imperfect to deserve remission of our sins and our justification, and therefore we must trust only in Christ's mercy, and that sacrifice which our High Priest and Saviour Christ Jesus, the Son of God, once offered for us upon the cross, to obtain thereby God's grace and remission, as well as for original sin and baptism, so also all actual sin committed by us after our baptism, if we repent truly and turn sincerely to him, so that as John the Baptist, although he was ever so virtuous and godly a man, Yet in this matter of the forgiven of sin, he did put the people from him and appointed them unto Christ, saying thus unto them, Behold, yonder is the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. John 1, 29. Even so, as great and as godly a virtue as lively faith is, yet it puts away from itself and remits and appoints us unto Christ, for to have only by him remission of our sins or justification, so that our faith in Christ says to us, as it were, it is not I that take away your sins, but it is Christ only, and to him I send you, for the purpose that forsaken all your good virtues, words, thoughts, and works, you put only your trust in Christ. Christ. 